What's up, 412 family? This week, we are diving into the Trinity. As we've been walking through this year, uh, we're only in week two, but I wanted to get back to the basics of our faith, the basical, basic foundations of what we believe. And this is important because it is the foundation in which we stand on as we go into this world as believers in Christ. And uh, again, this week, we're going to be talking about the Trinity, which really honestly can be a very hard, confusing topic for people to comprehend and understand. And this is what I want you to hear. There's no way that we are going to fully understand everything. Okay. There's going to be mystery in this. There's going to be questions in this, but this is where faith comes in. But we can answer some simple, basic uh, truths about the Trinity. And so really we need to start off in Genesis chapter one, um, verse 26, um, because this is where it first, I mean, it first appears. It says this, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that may abound along the ground. And so what we see here right off the bat is we see God, who we believe to be one. We believe he is the one and only true God. But yet we see God himself saying, let us make mankind in our image image and in our likeness so who's God talking about here like he is the one true God like there is no other God so who is this us and who is this our that God is talking about well very simply that is the Trinity and that's what we're talking about today is that that word our in this verse that God is saying our and us that is God the Father God the Son and God the Holy Spirit so there is only one true God but God exists in three persons. Again, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are called the Trinity. And that word Trinity literally means three in one. The Trinity is perfectly united. So the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are perfectly united, which means that, that the persons of the Trinity, they do not work against each other or apart from one another. So they, they are combined and, and connected at all times and they do not work against each other. They don't have different goals or different plans or different um, viewpoints. They are all a singular unit that is united completely and perfectly. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all have the same goals and plans. They never argue. They're always, again, 100% in agreement. They are in agreement on every single decision that is made. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit always are working together for the same goal, the same the same mission as you might say they are one unit working together completely what i like to think about this is i don't know if you've ever thought or done a three-legged race um, but think about adding one more person to that so i guess that would be called like uh, a four-legged race and so as a unit of three individuals you have to work together to move from one spot to the other. Maybe maybe you did an obstacle course where you had to get over obstacles. And so it doesn't work very well if all three people are doing different things. And so you have to come into an agreement. The only thing is difference with us, with, with humans, is we would generally just pick a leader. Say, all right, you tell us what to do and we'll do it. But that's not how the Trinity works. The Trinity is one mind completely together. Like they don't have to talk about it or think about it. They are just completely in unison. So the three persons of the Trinity exist equally. We don't have one that is greater than the other. The Father is not greater than the Son. The Son is not greater than the, the Holy Spirit. They are all, they all exist equally. And so this means the Father, Son, and the Spirit share the same 
nature. They are the same character. They are the same the same God in one thing. They are fully, they are all fully God. And there will never be a time that the persons of the Trinity stop being God. Because the persons of the Trinity are God, they are eternal. They last forever. They've been from the beginning to the end and they will never, never go anywhere else. They've always existed and they will always exist. We see this in Genesis chapter one, verse two. It says, now the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So before the earth was even formed, it says the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. In Psalms 90 verse two, it says, before the mountains were brought forth or you ever had formed or you had formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you were God. So from everlasting to everlasting, I don't even know, can't even comprehend how long that is. But it says, before the mountains were brought forth, you are God. And then in Hebrews 13, 8, it says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so he, Jesus has always existed from the beginning of time. It wasn't like God the Father and the Spirit were up in heaven. And they said, okay, now it's our time to redeem mankind. Let's make Jesus. No, Jesus is not a created being. He is God. He is part of the Trinity. So he was there at the very beginning and he will be there till the everlasting end or, or whatever that looks like. That That's something that, again, is hard for us to comprehend. Is there an end or does it just keep going? What does that look like? We don't know, but we know that God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit will be there no matter what. In the Revelations 22, 13, God says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. So he's saying that he was there at the very beginning and he'll be there at the very end if there is an end. We, you know, those are things that we can't comprehend or answer. So yet the three persons of the Trinity also exist uniquely. So they will always exist, yet they all, the three persons of the Trinity are also very unique in their own individual attributes. So God the Father, we, we see God is there's God the Father. We've talked about that. And so in Philippians 1, 2, it says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father. So we see one part of the Trinity is this Father figure. And then we also have Jesus, who is the Son. So in Matthew 16, verses 15 through 16, it says, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. And he says, and he says to them, Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. So you see one part of the Trinity is this father figure. Another part of the Trinity is this son figure. And then we have the Holy Spirit. In John 14, 26, Jesus tells his disciples, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I have said to you. So that is the last part of the Trinity. You have the father figure, the son figure, and now you have the Holy Spirit or quote unquote, as called in the Bible, the helper. And so all three persons of the Trinity, even though they have, are, they sit around uniquely, again, they are the same individual God. They don't work against each other. They, they don't have different plans or different, different uh, viewpoints. They are all one in unison working together for one singular purpose. And so all the persons of the Trinity also have unique roles. So what are the roles of the Trinity? Well, you have God the Father, and his main role was sending Jesus. 
So in John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only Son. So that was one of the roles of God the Father, is that he's in heaven, he's enthroned in heaven, and he sends his Son, Jesus. Then, the role of Jesus, the Son, was to die on the cross for our sins. You can read that all through the Gospels. One of the greatest accounts of it is in Luke chapter 23. But you also see Jesus saying, I believe it's in John 10, he says, I and the Father are one. And so he's talking about how him and the Father, so the the one part of the Trinity and him, they are in one unit and they are in unison together. There is no separation. There is no hierarchy. They are together. But the Father sends the Son. The Son, which is Jesus, came to die on the cross. Uh, Jesus even says, I believe in John 5, he says that I can do nothing of my own accord, only what my Father shows me. And so he's talking about God the Father showing him. Then we have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's main role is to help us and to open our eyes and our need for Jesus. So in John 14, verses 16 through 17, you see it being said, Jesus says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So this is the role of the Holy Spirit is to guide us, direct us, show us our need for Jesus and be a helper through life as we move forward. So even though the persons of the Trinity exist uniquely, they also make up, again, one God. They are not separate gods. We need to make sure we are clear on this. Each person of the Trinity is God. They are a singular unit. As Deuteronomy 6.4 tells us, the Lord our God, the Lord is is one. And so we have these three persons of the Trinity, which literally means three in one. They are not individual gods. They are together. And God himself declares in Deuteronomy 32 verses 39, he says, see now that I am he, there is no God but me. And so again, this is talking about the singular unit of the Trinity of how, yes, they are three persons, but they are all one God and in together. It's it's not three individual personalities. It literally is one God working in three different avenues, and he has there are three distinct roles of the Trinity. So, plain and simple, if you're a little confused, you're not alone. The Trinity is a difficult concept to understand, but the mysteries of the Trinity just show us how amazing God is. Even though we can't completely wrap our minds around the Trinity, We can't allow the truths of the Trinity to encourage our worship of God. See, God is the one true God, and there is no one like Him. And the ways He works are incredible. The fact that there is God the Father that sits in His throne. There is God the Son that came down and lived a perfect life and died on the cross for us. And the fact there is a Holy Spirit that indwells us and helps us through this life is just amazing. So we need to take those things and we need to praise the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit for being more than we could ever imagine. So as we look at this, this was a brief overview of the Trinity and it goes deeper and deeper and deeper the more you dive. But the one thing that we need to stand firm on as Christians and as believers is this, is that we believe in one true God, but he exists in a Trinity, which is literally means three in one, and that is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Each one of them work together in unison. They have one goal. They are one God. They are united on all fronts. 
and they each, but they all exist uniquely and all have unique roles that they play out through our lives um, as they go forward. And so if we can begin to kind of understand that, that gives us more understanding because a lot of people fall into the trap of, well, Jesus wasn't God, he was just a good man. No, he was fully God. We also fall into the trap of, you know, the Holy Spirit. Well, the Holy Spirit was a created helper to come down. God gave him to us to help us. No, he is God as well. So literally, it says in the scriptures of John 14, 16 through 17, that he dwells in us. And so if we are saved, if we are redeemed, if we have given our life to the Lord, then God himself indwells in our soul and begins to help us and mold us and push us further and further into the image of Christ, which is the perfect spotted spotless lamb that was able to be sacrificed on the cross for our sins so i hope this gives you a little more understanding i also hope that it brings up even more questions because questions lead to discovery and discovery leads to deepening our faith in jesus christ so dive into your bibles parents don't be afraid of these questions don't be afraid to say you know what i don't have the answer to that let's get into scriptures and figure it out And uh, let's go forward and continue to grow ourselves in our faith. Continue, parents, continue to make disciples of your kids so that we can be effective uh, for spreading the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ into this world. Y'all stay humble, you stay focused, and keep pressing. We'll see you next week.